going to preach tonight part six on where do you live? Where do you live? Jesus tells us exactly where we're supposed to live. And children's ministry is dismissed at this time. You guys have a great service. In John chapter 15, and if you look at verses uh, 4 through 12, in God's Word translation, you see a couple of nuggets right there. Number one, we are to live in Him. And then He says, He will live in us. And He says, a branch can't produce fruit of itself. It has to stay attached to the vine in the same way you cannot produce fruit unless you live in me. Let's follow it right on through. I'm the vine and you're the branches. Those who live in me, while I live in them, will produce a lot of fruit. But you can't produce anything without me. I like that. When you're living in him, you'll have a productive life. When you're living in the right place, serving the right master, you're going to have success. There is going to be fruit in your life. Whoever doesn't live in me is thrown away like a branch and dries up. Branches like this are gathered, thrown into fire and burn. Verse 7. If you live in me. Now notice the condition. If you live in me. How many of you are living in him tonight? And what I say lives in you, or my word abides in you. You shall ask for anything you want, and it will be yours. So our first principle for where do you live, and where should we be living, is living in the word. Verse 8. You give glory to my Father when you produce a lot of fruit, and therefore show that you are my disciples. And then verse 9. I have loved you the same way, so the Father has loved me. So live, what? Live in my love. We talked about the second principle of living in Him is to live in love. And when we live in that love, we will have the richest measure of His divine presence. And we will become a person wholly filled and flooded with God or love Himself. And when you are filled with love Himself, you will have His presence in every area of your life. When you are filled with the love of God and living in the love of God, the Bible says you never fail. You never fail. That means that people who walk in love are successful. And they are irresistible. There is something about a man or a woman of God that's living in union with Him and living in the Word and living in love. I'm telling you, there is a tangible presence of the Holy Spirit in them and on them. Amen. And then, uh, uh, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, the thing that we wanted to talk about, and we did talk about for two services, is this. Live in fellowship with Him. Living in union with Him is fellowshipping with Him. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 1.9, we looked at it. It says that we have been called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ. Scripture also talks about the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit being with every one of us. Now, I have discovered this, that when I have fellowship with Him and get to know Him, the greater I start to trust Him. So we talked about the connection between fellowshipping and trusting Him. Just like Brenda and I have been married for 35 years, have great fellowship and have intimacy one with another, there is this trust that's developed. 
There's no way I'm going to cheat on her. There's no way she's going to cheat on me. There's no way I'm going to leave her. There's no way she's going to leave me. Because we are in love with one another. Amen. And we trust one another. And so the Father tells us to get acquainted with Him. And when we get acquainted with Him, He says, Great good shall come unto you. Divine prosperity will follow your life as you become acquainted with Him. Amen? So the Father is saying, let's get acquainted. Amen? Now, we talked about how the trust is the highway to a triumphant life, and we can't go back and and preach on that again because we'd be another hour. But for tonight now, I want you to notice with me in James 4, 8, picking up upon this principle of how do we develop a greater presence of Him in our life? How do we live in Him? Well, in James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Or come close to God, and he will come close to you. Did you know that you're as close to God as you choose to be? And for his part, he wants to be close to you. He's not only with you, he's not only for you, but he lives on the inside of you. And I've discovered this, that if I will draw near to him and start the action, he will react to my action and he will draw near to me. The good news is this, is we can have fellowship with him by virtue of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's a lot of Christians that are not exercising their right of access. They're not drawing near to God, they're running away from God. Because of guilt and sin consciousness and condemnation. When they fail, when they sin, they run from God. But we are rather to run to Him. Now, when you're living in fellowship with Him, and you have an understanding what the, what the blood of Jesus Christ has done for you, you know that you have the right of access 24-7 by the blood. Now look at Hebrews chapter 10. And I want us to notice verses 19 through 22. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And look at verses 19 through verse 22. Look at your neighbor and say, exercise your right. Your right of what? Your right of access. Access. Now let's look at the King James Version now if we could. And uh, I'll be reading from that. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and we'll notice in verses 19 through 22. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, by what? By the blood. Okay? Now notice with me in verse 22, let's drop down to there. It says, let us draw near. Draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18 in the Amplified Version. Ephesians, the second chapter and the 18th verse. 
It says there, it says, in whom, because of our faith in him. Faith in him. Faith in the blood of Jesus. Faith in what he has done for us. For it is through him that we both, whether far or near, now have an introduction. We have access by one Holy Spirit to the Father so that we are to approach him with freedom and without fear. Amen. And so we have an unreserved approach to God. Just like your children should have an unreserved approach to mom and dad, all things being equal. Just like your children should have liberty and freedom in your home, if you will, so you and I are to be at home in the presence of God. The presence of God and the throne of God is not a place for us to fear. The presence of God and the throne room of grace is a place where we should come regularly and dwell in and live in. Amen. It's not a place to fear, but it's a place for you and I to draw near. Now, we draw near because of the blood. Faith in the blood of Jesus. It is the power and it is the vehicle that launches you and I into the very presence of God. We come into his presence regardless of how we feel. Not by our own significance. Not by our own righteousness. But by the significance of Jesus' blood. So therefore, we must be bold and confident in the blood, in what it has done for us, and what it has accomplished for us. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Look at Hebrews 4 verse 16. Hebrews the 4th chapter and the 16th verse. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. I wonder, is there grace at the throne? It is a throne of grace. We could say it this way. It is a throne of favor. So come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. To be bold means to have full freedom. It means to have full confidence. To come with an unreserved assurance in our heart. Amen. Amen. Now look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35. There is a connection between you coming and living in him and boldness. It says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35... And it says in the Amplified, it says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. So, when you come boldly and you come confidently, how many of you know that at the throne room of grace, you will be rewarded? You will be blessed to come on in. And to fellowship, think about it, with the creator of this universe. 
Now, Satan doesn't like that. And one of the things that he attacks is he attacks our confidence. He does not want us to believe that God's word will come to pass in our lives. Confidence to a Christian is like fuel in an automobile. It keeps us going strong. Has anybody had the unhappy uh, experience of running out of gas? I have had that. I was on my way to do a television program in Modesto, California years ago. And Brenda said, you better get gas. And I said, no, I'll be aight. I'll be aight. Well, I wasn't aight. It was really bad. About two miles from the television station, I ran out of gas and I had to put my thumb out. Okay? So, no fuel, no go. No confidence, no flow. No confidence, no go to the throne of grace. That, that's why people by the millions and billions are running away from God because they're lacking confidence. They're insecure. Now look at Psalm 16, verse 11. This is a, a really familiar verse of Scripture. Somebody shout amen. amen. Psalm 16, 11 says this. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of sorrow. In thy presence is fullness of grief. No, it's something about people in the presence of God. They're full of joy. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, keep in mind, and this is a, this is a good Wednesday night message, but it's really a better Sunday morning message. So I might preach it Sunday morning again in about a decade. But keep in mind that the devil, the enemy of your soul, wants to get you off this path. Okay? And so what does he try to do? He tries to distract us then with anything and everything that would keep us away from the presence of God. Because he knows that there's answers in the presence of God. That there's wisdom for daily living in the presence of God. That there's strength in the presence of God. That there's joy in the presence of God. That there is glory in the presence of God. He knows enough about the presence of God that he's going to do his level best to try to keep us out of it. And so that's where the distractions then of this age come in. And the enemy uses everything that he can, all sorts of trouble, to get us off of the path of his presence. But I got good news for you. And maybe you're here tonight and you're honest and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Mark, to be honest with you, I have gotten off the path. The good news is this, is you've gotten off, you can get back on it. And did you know that one way, not the only way, but one way for you to get back on the path is to repent? Anybody ever had to repent before? (laughs) 
Now, I'm not just asking, I'm not just saying asking for forgiveness. We've all asked for forgiveness. That's one thing. But repentance is another level. Amen. Repentance is turning away from and turning toward God. And so if you've gotten off of the path, guess what you might need to do? You might need to repent. Repent. I'm not saying you do. But I want you to notice, here's what will happen if you do. If you need to. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Look at this. I love this verse of scripture. Acts 3.19, he says, Repent you therefore, and be converted or be changed, that your sins might be blotted out, so that times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord. He stands and watches over your life. And when you draw near to Him and decide to make some changes, He doesn't make you suffer for a while. No, He says, pour it out on them. Let them be refreshed. Let them recover from the effects of heat. Let's saturate them with my goodness and my glory. Why? Because He loves you. He doesn't want you wallowing around at some altar of repentance for days on end. For walking around with your head down. No, when you repent, it's under the blood. And he stands ready to pour out his glory and to refresh you with his presence. Man, that's good news. That'll get any backslider to the altar. Amen. So if you need to repent, repent. I got this in my spirit as I was praying today and looking to the Lord. And it's a little simple phrase. And it's this. Go his way, and his presence will come your way. Say this with me. If I go his way, his presence will always come my way. So there's a path of life. There's a path of the life that God wants to have all of us to have that we should follow. And the path is his presence. Now, here's the, the, the neat thing about it. We don't want to make something difficult that God has made simple. I'm going to say that again. We don't want to make something difficult through religion what God has made so very easy and simple. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He tells us to come to Him and to learn of Him. Amen? And He says, I'll remove your burdens from you. You can remain, listen, with just a little bit of practice, you can stay connected. You can stay connected with Him. Every day. Every day. You can practice His presence. It's not hard to do. Instead of waking up in the morning, don't look at first Facebook first. And if you're going to look at your computer, turn on a scripture. Think about it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's not difficult to read one chapter a day, is it? How about this? You're at work. You got to go to work, right? You get to go to work, right? Well, wrong then. Okay, whatever. Uh huh. You're going to play that game with me, huh? No, seriously. Go to work. Show up for work. 
instead of being bummed out because it's Monday, when you're walking down the hall, why not just sing a little song? Sing a little song to the Lord. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. If you're filled with the Spirit, why not just sing in tongues? When break time comes and you got 15 minutes or you got a half hour, you got an hour, you know, instead of sitting around the table and just a lot of small talk every day, why don't you some days go out in your car and put Pastor Mark Thomas on the CD in your car and listen to this man of God telling you he's a good preacher. You know, or get Alexander Scorby or somebody and just let that word minister to you. Just, just develop now a connection with him. And, and then don't lose that union. Maintain that union. How do we do it? Simple things, singing. How do you do it? I know Pastor Tom sings in the shower. Somebody says, well, what if I sing in the shower? Someone might hear me. Well, what does it matter? God hears you. Someone says, I'm not a singer. Okay, fine. You, what you mean is you're not a recorder. You can sing. You know, another way to, to maintain that connection with him, I've discovered, is speaking his word. You know, I'll be working out or I'll be doing something and, you know, maybe on an elliptical or you know, on a bike or something, in my spirit, I'll have scriptures there in front of me. I have a little black book that I bring to the workout facility with me. It's the Reverend Mark Thomas. Ready to preach. No, I bring that little black book with me because I want to remind myself of who I am in him. And so today I was doing the elliptical and I want to maintain that union. Yeah, I'm working, I'm working hard. I'm burning off calories, but it's also an opportunity for me to meditate on the Word. It's an opportunity for me to say to myself what the Word says about me. And so I'll be, you know, doing this, and I'll be saying, you know, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. My spirit is created in the image and likeness of God. You know something else? My God supplies all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. <sighs> Greater is he that is in me than he is. Just maintain that union. Maintain that union. You can do it. You know, instead of listening to jazz on the way to work, you know, listen to Caleb. Find you a good gospel station. Listen to Hillsong. Whoever, you know, whoever ministers to you with an anointing, listen to them. What you're doing is you're, you're maintaining that connection with him. It's not difficult. It's not religious. And somebody says, well, man, I, I know that if I do that, I'd feel better. Yeah, you would feel better. But you know what? You don't do it to feel better. Because we don't walk by feel. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And when we feel it, the less is when we need it the most. Because it's a faith proposition. Coming to the throne room of grace is as easy as saying, I come to you, Father, by the blood of Jesus. Immediately there in his presence. Yeah, but I don't feel it. Where does it say you have to feel it? You don't have to feel it. Now, there's times you'll feel the presence of God. I know a lot of people over the years have gotten hung up with that. Well, I'm just not feeling God. 
I just don't feel like I did, you know, 30 years ago. Well, so what? You stay with it long enough, you'll get yourself some feelings. But it's not about feelings. It's about fellowship. And it's about a relationship. Now, you'll get yourself some feelings. Now, here's what I wanted to really get to tonight. Are you ready? If you practice the presence of God regularly, it's not so you can feel better, but when you do that, you stay on this path. Come on now. And (laughs) this path of His presence will take you somewhere. It'll take you somewhere. It will flat take you somewhere. You cannot serve God with all of your heart, with all of your might, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and not be brought somewhere. You know, as a kid, I grew up, you know, the Mississippi River used to run through uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul. And two blocks down from 4920 Bryant Avenue South, where I grew up. By the way, Pastor Tom grew up on Bryant Avenue in... In San Francisco, do you suppose that's some sort of spiritual meaning? Anyway, but two blocks from my house, they had this huge creek, Minnehaha Creek, with all this foliage. And they had a path there. And they had a bridge there. And my brothers and my friends, we'd go over that bridge. And we'd like to go down there, you know, get right near the creek. And that creek had a path. And on Saturdays, we'd get on that path. You know, and we'd, we'd play all sorts of games. We'd just keep walking on that path. That path was taking us somewhere. We knew where that path was taking us. But we had to get on the path to get to the place where we wanted to go. Because we all wanted to end up at the movie theater. We all wanted to watch those Saturday afternoon matinees. And so we got on the path. And we stayed on the path. We didn't stray from the path. And eventually, that path took us to the place where we wanted to go. And when you are on His path, this path, it'll take you somewhere. (laughs) It'll connect you with divine favor. (laughs) Oh, I want to speak in tongues right now. This path will connect you with supernatural relationships. This path will lead you into divine appointments. You just stay on the path. Hallelujah. You'll be tempted to get off the path. Sometimes you'll be a little discouraged, want to get, but you stay on the path. Because the path takes you somewhere. Takes you into divine appointments. My path took me right to Brenda Raylene Edwards. I mean, who would have thought it? A heathen from Minneapolis, Minnesota, a Catholic boy, a drug addict. A guy on his way to hell. You know what I'm saying. But I got saved. And I got in the Word. And I got filled with the Spirit. Shaka And I got the Word in me. And I learned to follow the Holy Spirit. And I got on that path. At first it was not real comfortable. But the longer I stayed on the path, I got, hey, it started, you know. Started strutting down the path. And that path... Took me from Minneapolis to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. That path led me to an apartment place. And she lived on the upper apartment and I lived on the lower. 
our destinies met because not only was I on the path, but she was on the path. Listen, he wants to take you somewhere. He wants to take you somewhere. We serve a supernatural God. Did you know that? You stay on the path. He'll open up glorious opportunities to you. See, because on his path, your steps are ordered by the Lord. For did not he say, I will walk in them. I will dwell in them. I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Understand this. You are so in him and he's so in you. It's as if God is walking in you on that path. And you know what? He sees things you don't see. He sees the future. And so as you fellowship with him and you place your hand in him and you trust him, he says, son, daughter, just keep walking with me because just around the corner, something good is going to happen to you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I believe it with all my heart. I've seen it happen in people's lives over and over and over again. It's awesome. God is so awesome. He does things just, I mean, if you had to figure it out up here, it would blow your mind. And that's why he says, if you're going to be on my path, you'll have to trust me and acknowledge me. And as you acknowledge me, I will direct your paths. Thank you, Lord. And so as we seek him, as we live in him, we should be aware that there are answers in his presence for every challenge we face. And as I said earlier, I'm going to say it again. We must not allow our feelings to determine whether or not we're in his presence. Now, here's some quick ways to enter into the presence of God. You know these things. And I just dropped by tonight to remind you. I just dropped by tonight to stir you up a little bit. Amen. Amen. Look at Psalm 102. Psalm 100 and verse 2. One of the quickest ways is to enter in His presence. You come by virtue of the blood and you come with thanksgiving and a song in your heart. Psalms 100 verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Look at Psalms 84 verse 4 in the Amplified. I want you to see that one, so I'm going to wait on you for that one. Psalms 84 and verse 4. This is good. Psalms 84 verse 4 in the Amplified Version says, uh, Blessed, happy, and fortunate, and to be envied are those who dwell in your house and your presence. They will be singing your praises all day long. All right, look at Psalms 95 then, and notice with me in verse 2. Psalms 95, verse 2. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. What this is saying is fill your mouth with praise. And then looking over at Psalms 140, verse 13 in the Amplified Version. Psalms 140, verse 13. 
It says, surely the uncompromisingly righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence before your very face. The upright shall dwell in his presence. And no good thing will he withhold from you when you walk before him with all your heart. So, easy. Through praise, through thanksgiving, through worship, we're fellowshipping with him, we're living in him, and we are in a constant state then of recognizing and acknowledging his goodness. Man, what a, what a good God. What a good God. God, you've been so good to me. I just want to thank you for saving me. God, I just, I thank you, Lord, for, for delivering me from the snare of the fowler. Glory to God. Thank him and praise him. Psalm 65 verse 4 says this. Psalm 65 verse 4. Blessed is the man that you choose. You know, you're his choice. Blessed is the man that you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house and of your holy temple. Glory to God. Say with me, I shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Surely goodness and mercy are following us all the days of our life. And we're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the importance of coming together unitedly and corporately is absolutely a must in these last days. The day is approaching. Jesus is coming soon. It's not coming when the Mayans say he's coming. He's coming when he's coming. Amen? But we need to be together in these last days more and more. I don't understand how people can get out of church and stay out of church for weeks and months on the end. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. That's not my subject. But live in His presence. When you live in His presence, you won't have to visit the Prince of God. You'll live there. You'll live there. And so then the more that we learn how to do this, the stronger we get. And the brighter our future is. Now, I want to close with just a few thoughts because I'm running out of time. And I I just want to, I want you to get this tonight. Once we draw near by the blood of the Lamb, I want you to see some things that are in His presence. Okay? Look at 1 Chronicles 16, chapter 27. Look what's in His presence. This is awesome. 1 Chronicles 16, 27 says this. That glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. You know what? I love his place. Well, pastor, I'm feeling a little weak. Well, come boldly to the throne of grace. Strength and gladness are where? Are in his place. Where is his place? His place is the throne of grace. They that wait upon the Lord shall do what? They shall renew their strength. They shall exchange their strength for His strength. So we see that strength and gladness 
are in his place. Not only will he strengthen you, but he'll take sadness right out of your soul. Anybody ever had days where you felt a little sad? You felt a little down? I think everyone has had those things. But you know what? God is inviting us to come to his place. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Come on over to my house. Come on over. I, I want to I cheer you up a little bit. I, I just want you to know that everything is going to be all right. I want you to know, son. I want you to know, daughter, it's been tough. It's been difficult. But as you cooperate with me, just look what I'm going to do for you. So he'll take the sadness right out of your soul. Now, sadness and depression are very real forces. But joy and gladness are stronger forces. Now, sorrow and sadness are not in his place. Okay? So don't give place to the things that aren't from his place. Sadness and depression are from hell's place. Gladness and strength are from his place. Now, you can choose... To live beneath your rights and privileges in Christ. You can choose to live down here. Or you can choose to keep your gaze on him. Amen. Amen. And he'll impart to you strength. And he will impart to you gladness. All right. Psalms 9 verse 3. When we draw near by the blood of the lamb. And we look at what is in his presence. It is well worth your investment of time. Psalms 9 verse 3 says, when my enemies are turned back. Now what that says to me right there is the enemy will try to pursue you. But there is an antidote for enemies on pursuit. Notice, it is you and I pursuing him. He says, when my enemies are turned... See, something is going to turn your enemies back. Something that they come in contact with when they come up against you that they don't like and actually it calls them to be pushed back and to fall back. They shall fall and they shall perish. At the presence of God. Listen to me now. You get the presence of God in you and on you. It's like a shield of protection all around you. And though the enemy might come against you one way. He's going to have to flee before you seven ways. He cannot penetrate his place. He cannot penetrate the secret place. All right. Some of you thought that was okay. Well, let's try another one. Let's go at Psalm 31. Let's look at verse 19 and 20. I'm a doing my best tonight. Psalm 31. So here's a, here's a blessing for being in His presence. Freedom from your enemies. Psalm 31 verse 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you've laid up for them that fear you, For those that live in you, which you have worked for them that trust in you before the sons of men. Now, did you wear your shouting clothes tonight? If you didn't, just pretend like you might have a pair of shoes on or something. (laughs) Verse 20. Thou shalt hide them. Thou shalt hide them in his place. 
He shall hide you in the secret place of His presence. From the pride of men. And notice this. He will keep you secretly in a pavilion free from the strife of people's words. A benefit of being in the presence of God? It don't matter what they say. It don't matter how much they blab about you. You're in his place and you're enfolded with the love of God. And he says, son, daughter, just stay right here. Everything's going to be all right. Isn't that awesome? He'll keep you secretly in the pavilion from the strife of people's words. You know something? People can be nasty. People can just flat be ugly. Now, why would somebody say something ugly about someone as pretty as I am? I can't imagine. But do you know that they have? And do you know that they will? Can you imagine? Somebody saying something ugly about someone as pretty as you? You know why they say ugly things? Because they're ugly. Ugly people say ugly things. Hurting people hurt other people. So here's what you do. Ah, so what? Just consider the source. See, that's coming from hell's place. But you and me, we're up in his place. And because we're in his place, we can't be penetrated. And not only can we not be hurt by that, we can help those people by just praying for them. Lord, bless them. Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they say. They don't know what they do. And you know what? God can even change someone ugly and make them pretty. Let's all stand up. Amen.